Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me as always, Wheels Wienaker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Um, uh, It's 5.33 a.m. I haven't slept. I haven't slept in many days. Yeah, why is that? Uh, I did something stupid. When I get my mind uh, like made on something, then I'll work really hard on it. In general, I think I'm known as being, uh, I think you could say like not a hard worker. And, like, not very ambitious, I think that's fair to say. Uh, and once in a while, I'll get a stroke of, I don't want to say genius, but a stroke of competence. And so, like, when we, when we did the Seinfeld podcast, then one night sort of the idea came to me of, like, uh, you know, like we were talking about, like, the best episode and what people's favorite episode is. And I said, like, there's so many different uh, opinions that I bet that there is someone who finds every single episode the best Seinfeld episode. And I literally stayed up all night and searched the internet, mostly Twitter, and found a tweet for essentially every single episode of Seinfeld saying that episode was the best. Even the universally reviled episodes like The Dog and yeah. uh, The Maid. I, I can't understand this, uh, this motivation at all. It's not like I see random people make silly sports hot takes and then I spend six hours making a chart to disprove them. No. Like I would never do I know. that. So I, so I, I know understand. you do similar thing, but I, I feel like you've never gone... Anywhere near as far in one swoop as I have this week. Yeah, the, the worst part is that I do it for something I don't even publish anywhere. I just do it for myself. Right, right. So <laughs> anyway, so basically, I love the Olympics. I was an NBC Olympic researcher in, in 2012. I, I did not receive an invite back for 2016. After four years off, they didn't remember who I was. Well, much like the Russians, it was, you know, all the illegal... Yeah, they th- I was so good, they thought I was juicing. Yeah. I said, like, I still want to do something for the Olympics... And I decided one night on, on Saturday night, I'm going to write, do something no one's ever done. I'm going to do a preview ranking all 306 Olympic uh, medal events. And if it's good, I'll... Tr- Would you say no one's... Ever, Sports Illustrated does it, but they do a really bad job. They do a really bad job, and they don't rank the events. Like, I'm, ta- I'm like, this is what you should watch. This is what you should stay away from. Sports Illustrated uh, has like a, a serious business partnership with the Olympics. They would never. Yeah, they're, they're in the the pocket of badminton. Everybody. Oh knows yes, that. they're big badminton. Big badminton. Huge uh, modern pentathlon. <laughs> Don't knock badminton when I spent like three hours researching it. Yesterday. So a- a- anyway, so I I did. I, I wrote like forty of them, 
And then I emailed, you know, editors in chief of like prominent sports sites. And only one of them responded, but the one that responded, I won't say the name, but it, it's that, you know, it's one of if I if you named three well, or four of them. Also, well, I'm I'm going to name it just because I don't know if Nambla really counts as a oh, sports boy. site necessarily. Oh, boy. Um, the <laughs> by the way, how dated is that joke? It's so bad. It, it like South Park <laughs> killed that 15 years ago. Um, so, but if you if you guessed three or four, you'd you'd for sure guess. But I won't say the name. And they responded immediately and said. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, it sounds great. Send it over, but I didn't. I wasn't anywhere near finished with it. And three hundred six medal events, and I'm not like writing one line. Every single one. I don't think there's one entry that's just one sentence. Eh, yeah, I don't think there's a single entry that's just one sentence. And some are like a paragraph or two. Uh, and it's not just like here's who's going to win. It's you know sometimes there's rants, sometimes there's predictions. And I've spent all night. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and now this is Wednesday night. Uh, I've gone to sleep at about 6 a.m. every night working on this and then waking back up at like 8.30 and maybe getting a short nap during the day. But And I'm not even close to done. I'm not even 60% of the way done. And they also have this uh, big deadline, essentially, which is one, the Olympics is coming very soon. But uh, also, uh, I'm going on a like a family trip, and I've got a flight Monday. I'm going to be out. Uh, I'm not going to be able to work on it from... Monday morning till Tuesday afternoon, which is a huge gap. So I really have to finish it before I leave to the airport Monday. You 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 won't have Wi-Fi on the plane. I will, but I'm not good at working on the plane. Like I, maybe I could get a few done. I always have kids. It's going to be hard. Although my wife just told me that we didn't get seats together, so I'm only sitting with my ten year old, not with the little kids, which is great because she doesn't need to be taken care of at all. She's ten, but. Yeah, at best I could do a few if I'm real, but you know I'm really going to be out of pocket, and I need to finish before then because I also need I have to like format it. I haven't even ranked the events; I'm just writing the thing. I have no rankings, although that should be much faster once everything's written. Anyway, so I'm literally falling apart as a human being. I went days without leaving my house. When's the last time you showered? My wife made me shower yesterday because we had someone coming over. She literally said, "You have to go in the shower. I'm not feeding you. You're like you can't leave the room." People are like, my kids' friends are going to smell you and like... But your wife feeds you? Boy, you are lucky. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't work. <laughs> like, like, your wife is, you know, is a doctor who, you know, so it's, it's reasonable that my like... My wife is supporting my lifestyle. Yeah, whereas I, I you know, I'm, I'm the sole... You're, you're bringing in the big podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. So. Sole podcast breadwinner. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I'm really, I'm falling apart as a person, and the only saving grace I had was I thought my friend Alex Chester would be reasonable and understand and say, you know, Chester, I can't, I'm happy to go on and talk about, like, what a crazy week I had, and it'll be funny, and we'll just update the people, because we've never missed a week of podcasting in... Forgot a week. We didn't miss a day the first 32 days that we did this last August. When did we start? What day? We started last August 4th or something. Okay, so we've literally, we're going to be at a year in, in two weeks. And we've never missed a week, and we did a, you know, now we do it once a week. There are a couple times we did it twice, but back in the day, right, we did one a day, every, you know, every single day, 32 and 32 days. And we'll do something like that. It'll be a little truncated compared to that, but we're definitely going to do that again. Except when I said, hey, can I just, like, can we just do a short version and not finish the basketball, which requires a lot of thought. It's now 540 in the morning. People have complained the last few podcasts that I've been out of it, which is true because, one, it's your idea. Usually I pick what we do, and... and the, in not basketball season, 
to do the 100 ba- Greatest Basketball Players didn't excite me, even though people have really liked the podcast and you do a great job with it. Uh, also, we record these at like 3.30 in the morning, my time, usually, because we have a seven-hour time difference. So uh, anyway, so I thought like, okay, Chester will understand. I didn't, you know, I had to do the Seinfeld podcast. I, I, we've also never missed one in 120 weeks. And it was the Soup Nazi. I felt like people were really looking forward to it. And I didn't want to just do nothing, especially since we had an interview with the author of uh, a Seinfeld book and she canceled. Yeah, well, why, why are we hyping her? Don't, don't give her any free advertising. Yeah, eh, her book wasn't, uh, wasn't my favorite. Anyway. Where would you put her percentile-wise of like the Seinfeld podcast listeners in terms of knowledge of Seinfeld? Well, my problem, like I heard like she, her... She should, she should be like 99th percentile, but I feel like she's like 60th. I don't want to like trash talk this woman. All right, well, he can edit this out. I mean, if you want to, you want me to just answer for a minute. <laughs> Here's the thing: I think we're like nerds who think that you need to be like super fans, and this is a conversation that happens a lot on Survivor. I was going to say Game of Thrones, also Game of Thrones, like the or any, the, anything, yes, really. the barrier to entry for things that have you know soccer, the barrier, but even more than soccer, like the barrier because a lot of the crazy soccer fans don't like know the sport well; they're just obsessive about it. The barrier to entry for something like Survivor, something like Game of Thrones, something like Seinfeld is so high. That if you are what they would call a casual, you are exposed immediately. So if you go on an interview and you say, my favorite episode is The Sea was angry that day, this, that day my friends. You know, you're going to sound like an idiot. And you could put this in or, can't, or cut it out. I don't care. Whatever you want. And then you go on another interview and say your favorite, favorite uh, episode is what? Spongeworthy? Spongeworthy, yeah. All right. But the point is, like, the, you, that doesn't preclude you from writing a good book about Seinfeld. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, I, of course, if I was writing a book about Seinfeld, the first thing I would do would be rewatch every episode and then gain an encyclopedic knowledge of that. And also, like, if you notice, you know, she does the interviews and it's like you're speaking to Seinfeld fans in, in one of them I listen to. And it's like you're babying them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, so I was so happy, like, OK, at least we'll just do a short one here because this is the Seinfeld podcast is two hours of my week and this is one hour of my week. And it really adds up. I work a lot. When I have so when I have anything else going on, which is usually nothing, I have nothing going on usually. But this week I'm doing this thing, which is a full time job in addition to my other full time job, and I have the specter of having to pack and leave Monday. I figured, oh, Chester won't mind, and so I said to to you, to Chester, is it okay if we take the week off? And you said, uh, why do we do this podcast? I should quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. You, it, you I, instead I, of being I, I, understanding I, I in my time of need, you threatened to quit the podcast and tried to guilt me. Oh my gosh! I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Dr. Jen has heard this before. Uh, you, you try and guilt your way into something. And also, just to finish the story, like I'm writing this essentially on on spec. Like, yeah. I'm writing this, and there's a... Vi- Even though he said, yeah, I'd love to see it, uh, we're definitely interested in it after reading my, you know, what I sent him, he certainly... Interested doesn't mean ticket, as uh, Larry David has right. explained on Correct. Right, He did not commit, and I'm not sure anyone could really fathom the depth. This is going to be 20,000-plus words. The depths of lunacy that I've descended into. Yeah. So what's the bottom line? Are we going to discuss the top 50 I really don't want to. Right I now? think it's the wrong thing to do. I think I should go to sleep. It's 546 in the morning. So we're going to have a 13-minute podcast this week? The benefactor is not going to be happy. What? We don't have a the, benefactor. It would be funny if we did, like, to, in the headline, it said 12 to 11. We did, like, two people and saved it for the top 10. <laughs> should, should we do that? Should we do a couple? 
We we can bounce into the top ten. I'm fine with that. I mean, that's absurd. But okay, fine. So we'll give give people a little taste. All right, fine. So I did end last week by saying, you know, there was a big cutoff to me between 16 and 15, and which is why we were stopping at 15. But there's another big cutoff, I think, uh, in the top 10. So why don't we do 15 to 11 today? And then I guess we'll do the Oh, top shoot. I thought we we're week. up to 12. Yeah, that's fine. 15 to 11 is fine. Uh, n- nobody cares about the RNC. Except for you who's watching every second of it. I know. I'm such a nerd. All right. So, so let, let's get to the top 15. Mm-hmm. So let, let's just get going right away. I'll start with my number 15. And, and for those who don't recall last week, you and I have 14 of the same top 15. Yeah. But uh, you have David Robinson in your list. I had him at number 19. And I have Karl Malone in my list. And you uh, possibly, well, we'll see, I guess. And you had him at number 16. So number 15 for me is Dr. J. Yep, same. Julius Serving. Uh, you know, he's the second greatest ABA player ever. And I say second greatest very carefully because most people assume he's the greatest. But I would say that the analogy between in their ABA careers between Dr. J and Artis Gilmore would be very similar to like Duncan versus Kobe today in the debate of who's the best guy of the generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. J, clearly the flashier guy, the more exciting guy, more highlights, you know, bigger score. But all the advanced stats definitely point to Gilmore. Gilmore was far more significant on the defensive end of the court than Dr. J was. But that's not taking anything away from him. He, you know, he won two playoff MVPs and two titles in the ABA. Then he won again in the NBA. The, the, the only issue is, you know, anyone who claims they saw him in his prime is lying because his prime was the ABA and none of those games were on TV. And like the paid attendance at those games was like 87 people per game. And his ABA numbers really dwarf his NBA numbers. So... I would see an argument like I've seen lists, for example, I've seen I've seen a list where he's down at number 24, for example, and he's way behind guys like like KG and Dirk and Barkley. And I understand that argument that great. He did win an NBA MVP, although he didn't deserve it, in my opinion. But I do I do include ABA numbers. And so I do have a number 15. Yeah, it's funny. His ABA numbers points per game are 27, 31, 27, 27, 29. But you look at the minutes. He played 42, 41, 40 minutes every season. And then he went to the NBA, and they really managed his minutes. His per 36 uh, numbers are very similar in both uh, leagues. Okay, fine. Uh, which I'm saying that's a, that's a point in his favor. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's 15's fair. You can't put him a, a higher. You can win a championship if he's your best player, but you can't put him higher than 15. All right. I'm just looking at the average of him on all my list is 16.5, and nobody has him higher than 14. So you're right. Everybody has him between 14 and 18, except for that one ranking at 24. So there's pretty much consensus there. All right, so let's get to number 14 on my list. Uh, Number 14 on my list, the third greatest point guard of all time. And I start that way because this is really a pet peeve of mine. Jerry West was a point guard. He was a point guard for 12 of his 14 seasons. He was a shooting guard for two years. And yet everybody always considers him a shooting guard for some reason, even though he was clearly a point guard. There's no debate about this. He was his team's primary ball handler. He brought the ball off the court. He was their smallest player who started. You know, I mean, he, he defensively he played against point guards. I don't understand why people call him a shooting guard. Yeah, he scored a lot of points, but so do Steph Curry and, you know, many other point guards. So clearly a point guard. I'll say this. Jerry West, everybody else, every other list I've seen has him in the top 13 and a couple lists have him even in the top 10. So it might seem like I have him a little bit low at 14, but to me, it's simply a function of longevity. The next three guys on this list all played between 300 and 500 more games than Jerry West. Jerry West played 932 games. The guys above him played 1,300, 1,400 games. And so, and also, actually, the three guys ahead of him on this list, they all had a higher PER than Jerry West, and they had more higher win shares, so they played longer and maintained a higher overall quality. Now, that, I don't want to take anything away from West. He was stupendous. You know, over 14 seasons, he averaged 27, 6, and 7, which is nuts. Although he never won an MVP, he did finish in the top five eight times. He's one of the greatest players ever. I don't want to say a negative thing about him, 
if he played another three years, he'd be in my top ten. That's all. He just, you know, his career wasn't quite as long and, uh, as some of these other guys. Yeah, yeah. So West is my 13. Okay. Similar. So we're pretty much on by, the by same the way, page. How much, how much higher would his scoring average be if there was three-pointers back then? Or it could have been sort of a negative he, he where a, he could have been drawn to three, like a little Kobe-ish, where drawn to threes, but for whatever reason, that extra foot or two. But he was an outside shooter. Yeah, was he shooting from like 22 feet, though? Well, anyway. So, yeah, but, you know, we have to judge a player based on his era. All right, so uh, you just mentioned Kobe. Kobe's my – oh, wait, who, who is your well, four, My 14th is David Robinson, who I discussed at length in the last oh, podcast. Okay. My favorite player, and I'm very excited. I'm going to be picking up my David Robinson socks and wearing his face on my feet probably for four days at a time very soon. All right, okay, so let's get to Kobe Bryant, who's my number 13. You know, it's funny. I've talked about guys like Isaiah Thomas and Kevin McHale as the most overrated player ever. Kobe – I have him at 13, and the average ranking for him is 12. So I have him almost exactly where everybody else does. But I still think, I feel like even though my ranking is the same as pretty much everybody else's, to me he feels like one of the most overrated players of all time because idiots, and by idiots I mean Lakers fans. people who don't know him. Lakers fans. But not only Lakers fans. The average fan on the street, would, 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 you say, where would you rank Kobe all time? They'd say, oh, top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. But, and, then I, and then I list the top 10 to them, and I say, all right, who are you kicking out of this top 10? Because the top 10 is pretty much this consensus. Is, this is at a party, people. right? Yeah, oh, I'm very popular at those parties. But, yeah, I mean, so Kobe is, he is significantly below, okay, so first let's compare Kobe to Jerry West, because I just ranked Kobe ahead of Jerry West, and, you know, there's always the debate, greatest Laker of all time. Uh, let's be honest, Jerry West's numbers are better than Kobe's. West averaged two more points per game, two more assists per game, more rebounds per game, more steals per game, more blocks per game, 5.2 more efficiency. I give both of them two playoff MVPs, but I have West with triple the number of top five MVP votes. And as I said, I think Kobe's one of the most overrated players of all time. The, the simple reason that I have Kobe ahead of Jerry West is because Kobe played 400 more games than Jerry West. And as I said, it's longevity. He played five more seasons. But that's so silly because his 400 games are negative. They're a net negative. No, the last two or three seasons were negative. But overall, we happen to witness – see, that's part of the problem. We just witnessed Kobe in the last two or three years be awful. But he also he, – he played he – played 400 more games, the number of games where he was really bad was only like 120 or something because his negative seasons, one of them was six games, one of them was 30 games, you know what I mean? Right. So he did have a couple hundred games where he was still at a high level. But, you know, I just want to make a point here. Um, I don't think that Kobe ever in his career had a top three MVP caliber season. Uh, he did win it in 2008. Well, as it's I so said, hard when, when you always have an elite player on your team also. No, because, I, because MVP these other guys... goes to a guy who's the only elite player on his team. Okay, strongly disagree. You are correct in that in the Kobe Shaq era, he was never going to win an MVP because he was the second best player on his team. For sure. That's, you're right about mm-hmm. that. But Shaq left him in two th- after the 2004 season, and he played another 12 years. He went to another two finals. And yeah, well, he, he won an MVP a- without Shaq. Again, like you say, they don't like give, to give it to the same guys. His numbers after Shaq leaves are 4-3-1-2-3-4-4-5. That's incredible. In terms of the votes. Yeah. Yeah, but that, and that's why I'm saying he's so overrated, because if you actually look at his numbers, it's completely ridiculous. Uh, in 2008, he only won, I think, as sort of a, um, a Lifetime Achievement Award, because Chris Paul, as we said, his team had the exact same record as the Lakers that year, were the far worse team. Nobody who I saw thought Kobe deserved the MVP that year. I think Bill Simmons actually gave it to Kevin Garnett that year, which you know I thought was Chris Paul, but we both agree it wasn't Kobe. But again, it's, to me, it's just Kobe's career is a third longer than West's. If you pick Kobe's best 14 seasons, his numbers align much closer with West's. And so you have to give him credit for those extra 400 games. I mean, as we said, 400 games is Bill Walton's entire career. So basically, you combine Jerry West and Bill Walton, and you get Kobe. That's pretty cool. Where, where You have Kobe at? Yeah, so I go uh, Jerry West 13, Kobe 12. Okay, fine. All right, so now let's get to my number 12. 
and 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 here's really where uh, I have uh, some very very strong opinions, some very hot spicy takes. Carl Malone, you had him at sixteen. I had him at sixteen, but I also think that the entire Kobe West Robinson, Dr. J, Carl Malone, they're all in a tier, and I think you agree. Okay, Carl Malone's average ranking is fifteen and a half, and. Actually, every every single list has him at 16, 17, Tell or Tell me what you think. Don't tell me what the... All right. No, I'm just that. Other than Zach Pelton, who, as I've said many times, is by far my favorite ranker. Um, and so I feel like I'm in good company when I see that Pelton, the stat guy, is Malone 10th all time. As I said, the non-stat rankings have him 16, 17, or 18. That's ridiculous. Now, before, before I get to Malone, I just want to point out one very interesting thing. I, I do this thing. I call it the LeBron James Project. And I, upta- and I do this for sort of top players at their positions in all sports. I have an Adrian Peterson project. Well, guys, everyone prepare Johnson. for how cool this is about to be. <laughs> yeah. A Calvin Johnson project, a, um, a Joe Maurer project, which I abandoned once he's not being catcher. I just started in the Antonio Brown project this year for the first time, which is at the end of every season for guys who seem like they have the potential to be all-time greats, I rank them not based on career, but I rank them at through that age. Where are they relative to – in baseball, I do it at position. So, you know, where does Albert Pujols rank against other first basemen? Where does Joe Maher rank against other catchers? In basketball, I do a total. So uh, I do my LeBron James project every year. And when I finish it for this year, I did through age 31. And one thing I noticed, through age 31, I had Carl Malone 26th on my list. Still, you know, a no-question first ballot Hall of Famer, but nowhere near the all-time greats, right? And far below guys like Charles Barkley, for example. But then – just to see, I did, a, I did the opposite, which is I ranked every player from the age of 32 on for the rest of their career. Mm-hmm. And from 32 on, I mean, there's only three guys who are even in the conversation, which is Duncan and Kareem, obviously. But Carl Malone blows him out of the water. Carl Malone was the best player in the league in his mid-30s, won MVPs year after year when nobody in history has won an MVP at that age. I like how your voice I mean, squeaked was just, when you said history. Yeah, Carl Malone was just incredible in his late career. But let's – so first of all, you know, people love to celebrate Duncan and Dirk for what they did as old men in the last couple of years. Malone blew him out of the water. Let me just give you some numbers. From age 35 to 39, from age 35 to 39, Duncan just retired at that age, and Duncan played 28 minutes a night and missed a dozen games a year. From age 35 to 39, Carl Malone played in 99% of his team's games, averaged over 37 minutes per game, won an MVP, and put up 23, 9, and 4. Okay? Again, at that age, Duncan put up 14 and 8 and played uh, 20, 28, 29 minutes a game. So what Duncan did, very impressive for an old man, but nothing close to Malone, right? Nothing. Duncan wasn't a top three, top five player at that age. Um, there's a reason that Malone is fourth all-time in games, third all-time in win shares, second all-time in scoring. If he had a ring, he would be a consensus top eight player of all time. Top eight. Um, yeah, he doesn't have a ring because he wasn't good enough, I guess. Well, I mean, he ran. Look, I'm a sheep. I have Duncan higher. I call Duncan the greatest power forward of all time. But by the numbers, it's Malone, and it's not close. Okay, he, if he you forever. owned a franchise and you could draft Duncan in their prime or Carl Malone, who are you picking? Well, again, I, I said I'm taking Duncan. I have Duncan higher on my list. I have Duncan as high as any list I've seen other than yours, where you're probably going to be number one. I love Duncan. We've discussed that. Unlike you, I don't think that it has to be Duncan or KJ. I don't know if he's number one. I made a separate tier for him, and he's zero. <laughs> All right. When it comes to MVP vote shares, Malone is fifth all time, and the top four are my top four all time players. So again, there's a very strong conversation that that Malone is is top five all time, certainly top eight all time. And let's talk about the reason that he doesn't have him as a top five player, which is that he didn't win any rings. Okay. And you said, well, he wasn't good enough. So first of all, he had a couple of the greatest regular seasons ever for those Utah teams. I mean, they won 64 games in in, uh, 1998. That team was Malone, Stockton, and nothing. Their third best player was Byron Russell. All right. 
the Rockets, Sonics, and Lakers had three to four All-Stars apiece back then, and the Jazz won the conference by several games every year. You know, unfortunately for Malone, he ran into MJ's Bulls at their absolute apex, but Malone did come within two games of a title. They went to six games both times, uh, but you said, oh, he wasn't good enough. For his career, look at his playoff numbers. 193 playoff games, he put up 25-11-3. and three. Regular season, 25-10-4, identical. He was just as good in the playoffs as the regular season. He was the same great player in the playoffs. He just never got to play with a team with more than one other star, and he just ran into better teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, honestly, uh, even having with 12 makes me feel bad. He, he should be considered an all-time top 10 player. Should he now? Yeah. I also, I really, really liked Carl Malone. I was a huge Jazz fan, mostly because I hated the Bulls so much mm-hmm. in the mid to late 90s. And I'm just annoyed about the fact that people have him, you know, in the low teams. Remember when he hit on Kobe's wife? <laughs> At least, look, somebody was showing her some love at that point. Ooh. Kobe was off in Colorado, so. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, no, I think it's old. I think it's the thing that joke's been done. Bob Ryan hates Carl Malone, always, always hates on G- him. G- here, reason. give me an era. I'm trying to think of this. Give me an era where you put Carl Malone, I guess, and the whole jazz onto a team and he's going out there and winning more than one championship. Like, if he, is I he mean, battling? The, the era he played in, if MJ d- stayed retired, okay, this is stupid. Michael Jordan's there. You can't, you, the only but, history uh, you're changing. Akeem, here's the deal. But Akeem only won titles because Michael Jordan wasn't there those two years. If, if Michael Jordan doesn't retire, Akeem doesn't win any okay, titles fine. either. And nobody from that era won a title. And, by, the way, Barkley, by the way, Malone right? had two years where Jordan was gone to win a title. Yeah, but again, but as we say, he, he, was, didn't he wasn't make the at finals. his peak yet at that point. Fine. He didn't hit his peak yet. So why, so why when Jordan's gone just three years later, does Malone that not win a peak. title? That's when he won. That's when he. You no, know, you don't get well, a three-year peak. By, wait, hold on. By 99, you and I had an argument about this. 1999, uh, the Jazz were, 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 had, the, had the top seed, right? No, the Spurs and were the, the top that's seed. That's why I said. Well, okay. Well, they both, they both won 37 games. So they were tied for the number one mm-hmm. seed in the league. Malone was the MVP. Mm-hmm. And... What happened is, again, that was a ridiculous truncated season where they played 50 games in like 60 days, and the Jazz, their three best players, Malone, Stockton, and Hornacek, were all in their late 30s, and so maybe they just broke down in a regular season. Okay, so Dude, now you're that, just, your argument is insane. If that was a, so if that was a regular standard was season, the Jazz win the... I, what are you talking yes, about? Yes, that's the point. Nobody that's, peaks in their did, mid-30s. Did you not listen to anything I said? That's what makes Malone so unique, that he peaked in his mid-30s. That makes you He's bad that you weren't good till your mid-30s. No, he was great until his mid-30s. Again, he was one of the top 25 players of all time. But in his mid-30s, he was the best player in the oh, game. Oh, so you, he, he was won- only like a top 10 or top 15 all-time player for three or four seasons is what you're saying. No, I'm saying he played 19 years. He was, for his entire career, he was one of the top 10 players in the league. Why did okay? he never win a title? Because, why did, hold on, why did David Robinson never win a title until Duncan arrived? Why did Charles We're Barkley never win a title? We're not arguing that David hold Robinson on. Why is did Charles Bar- the, you're, you're why? saying that Malone is underrated and he should be, in, he okay. should be number eight we, if he won ha- one championship. We, ha- we haven't got to Hakeem yet. Why did Hakeem never win a title except when Jordan was gone? You don't get to say except when you win back-to-back, first of all. Okay. The point is, everybody from that era didn't win titles because of Jordan, other than Hakeem those two years. Malone has so like everybody. 13 seasons where he's like a 13 or above win share player. Yeah. So he's got 13 years that he didn't do it, including he he hits his prime. I don't know what you call it, but his best one of his best seasons is in 1990 before Jordan's title run starts is. No, 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 it's not. He, he scored 29 points a game. But it was a much higher paced game, fa- faster paced game than it was in the late 90s. All right. He was not he was not as he was good. A, OK. And he was, he not- was 98 percent as good as he is in 97 and 98. He's a yeah. 16 oh, sure. win share player. Yeah. Why is he not making the, the finals best, who, in 1990? He's got John Stockton on his team. 
Hold, yeah, and who was the third best player? In that that game? Do you need three All Stars? Like, do you, like the La- the Lakers in Portland, who were the teams who went to the finals from the West those years? They had five All Stars across their lineup. Yeah, but was Portland's uh, best player as good as Carl Malone? Was their second best player as good no, as John Stockton? Clyde Drex- no, Clyde Clyde Drexler was not as good as Carl Malone. That's correct. But three, four, five, six, seven, eight were infinitely better than the Jazz's. Again, this is a team game. So you're saying that that uh, the the Jazz management just never gave him and Stockton anybody to work with. And he's got the Garnett no, I'm not excuse that because they had they had some of the best seasons of all time. They won sixty four games. They just ran into Michael Jordan. They took Michael Jordan to six games in the NBA Finals consecutive years. They went, you know, again Cleveland, the Cavaliers. If you play that the NBA Finals we just saw, if you play it a hundred times, how many times did the Cavs win? Like eight, fifteen. Not even. Something they like don't that? even win fifteen times. I okay. think that was like a miracle they, series. I think they win like eight times. Yeah, they happen to win it. Th- so it's the same thing. Malone against the Bulls was, it, you know, he was not a huge underdog in those series. It was pretty much neck and neck. The Jazz had home court advantage even. If you replay the 97-98 series 100 times, Malone gets a bunch of titles. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just luck. He, he didn't get lucky into Draymond Green kicking someone in the balls the way that Cleveland did, and he gets suspended in game five, and, and that series ends in five games. This is nothing to take anything away from LeBron, but... Are you going to say, well, David Griffin didn't put a good enough team around the Cavs? Well, I guess he did because he won a title, which is all that flags fly forever. But anyways, look, though I have Carl Malone at 12. I don't even have him in the top eight myself. I'm just saying that if you wanted to, you could have an argument. Oh, wait, Thurl Bailey like was pretty good. You're throwing a lot of shade at him. <laughs> he, uh, Timberwolf. Anyways, Carl Malone's severely underrated. What about Mark right, Eaton? Nobody no- talks about Mark Eaton. Good shot blocker. All right, let's get to number 11 on my list. And by the way, those, th- those Jazz teams weren't as good. I'm saying the Jazz were better because Malone was better in the late 90s, in his mid-30s. And that's when those teams were much weaker. It was Greg Ostertag and Brian Russell and Howard Isley. And, you know. All right, number 11. Blue Edwards Akeem on Olajuwon. All right, Akeem Olajuwon is number 11 for me. Where is he on your list? I assume he's 11 as well. No, he's 10. Oh. Oh, so who do you have out? Oscar? Yeah, I went Hakeem Oscar. You went Oscar Hakeem? No, I have Oscar for oh, your Oscar I was just guessing of who. You, uh, we'll find out maybe next week. I have Akeem. After everything I just said, I have Akeem ahead of Malone for one reason: defense. There's no statistical way to justify it. Malone played 250 more games, had more points, was a way better shooter, had a higher PR, had 50 percent more win shares. Akeem is 162 win shares. Malone is 235. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Malone was a good defender. Akeem was an all-time defender. Akeem won two Defensive Player of the Year awards. The only other guy, I think, to do that are Dwight. Alonzo Mourning and Takemi Matumbo, and Akeem won those two titles. And fair or unfair, we give Akeem credit for gobbling up not one, but both of the titles that were available in MJ's absence. Barkley didn't get one. Robinson didn't get one. Malone Stockton didn't get one. Ewing didn't get one. Akeem got both of them. And so for that reason, I have him above all those guys I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And who do you have at 11 then? Oh, you have Oscar, you just said. I, I have Oscar 11. It's so hard now when you get to the end and it's, we're ranking guys that we've seen. You know, I've seen 1,000 games that Duncan played as a Spurs fan and 8 million games from Kobe. And we're ranking them against guys like we barely saw Larry Bird, you know? Yeah. It's just so hard. It's funny because and, – and then obviously then you get to guys like Bill Russell and Oscar obviously, Robinson. Obviously, we never saw. You know, I, I, I said on the podcast when we did our movie rankings, I felt very unconfident about my movie rankings. I felt more confident about my TV rankings, but still not – like there are a few things in life I feel as confident about as my top 15 NBA rankings. I have spent so much time thinking about this. Again, I didn't get to see a, half these players play at all, frankly. But I've read so much about them. I've, I've studied the numbers. I've looked at other rankings. So I do feel pretty confident about this, even though I acknowledge that comparing guys across eras is hard and comparing guys when you never saw them play is hard. Um, are we dipping into the top 10 or you want to quit? I, I, Come on. You got momentum. Let's go. Let's power through it, baby. 
I, I'm not promising to get through ten, but let's 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 talk about let's talk about Hakeem at uh, ten. Well, I, my Hakeem, who's your ten? Okay, so yeah, so before I get to my top ten, I just want to say that to me the top ten is consensus. There's nobody in my top ten who isn't in every other top ten list I've seen, except for Shaq, who's in all, who's who's outside the top ten in two of my lists. He's eleven and thirteen on those lists. Everybody else is in every single top ten list. So when people say like Kobe or Jerry West should be top ten. I always say, all right, instead of who? Everyone who made my list, everyone, everyone who has made a list agrees that the next 10 guys are all in the top 10. And you can't have more than 10 guys in the top 10. And also, by the way, I think I did say this before, but of the, of, the, of the eight lists I've seen, only one has Kobe in the top 10. It has him in instead of Shaq. Mm-hmm. And only two have West in the top 10. It has him instead of – one has him instead of Shaq. One has him in an Oscar. So my top 10 isn't controversial. It's pretty much consensus. The exact order might be open for debate. At number 10, I have Larry Bird. And the main reason, and this is something I've talked about before, is Bird and Magic, who's coming, their careers were much shorter than everybody else. That's the difference. Bird fl- played fewer than 900 games. His win shares are by far the fewest of anybody in the top 10. That's all it is. His career was too short. He played 13 seasons. Yeah, I mean, you're, I, I, I'm so shocked by how obsessed you've been during these rankings about longevity. Like, I mean, I, well, I, 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 like, would you rather have a guy who's going to get you the extra championship and play 13 years versus a guy who will just get you the Western Conference Finals, a la Carmelo, a few extra times and play 19? What I'm saying is if you could have, if you could have acquired Larry Bird in 1979 and known you're going to have him for the next 12 years or acquired Carmelo in 1985 until you'll have him for the next 19 years, which would you rather have? I do have Bird slightly ahead of Malone. But if you make the argument for Malone, I totally understand that because you lose Bird and now you got seven years of what? Whereas you lose, you know, Malone was played at a top level for that long. So I do take longevity into account. And the other important thing to remember is when you look at their stats, their points per game, their rebounds per game, et cetera, their PER, the guys who played longer careers, their number is going to be lower because they have that downside. Like, you know, as you said, Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan, their second half of their careers when they were still elite defensively, they were only putting up 14 and 8. So their career numbers and points and rebounds are lower than guys who only played, you know, 900,000 games. So you have to give credit for, for, the, for the longevity, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, where do you have Bird? Like nine, eight? Yeah, Bird is my nine. Okay. All right, so we don't have a big disagreement there. Number nine is where I have Oscar, who you had at 11. Yeah, and again, I, I, I think my initial list had Oscar at nine, and I knew I moved him to 11. Does anybody else have him as low down as 11? Yeah, Pelton has him at number 16, actually. And, and, and then ESPN and their NBA rank from February, they had him at number 11. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and, and Simmons has him at what, four? Uh, Simmons has him at, no, Simmons has him at nine. But he's at number five. Uh, Slam has him at number five, although that was, you know, pre-LeBron and Duncan, frankly. IBT has him at five. Sports Illustrated has him at six. You know, his numbers are silly. Like, but it was a totally different era. Like, it was a much faster-paced game, and it was much lower shooting percentage, so there were way more rebounds available. This is a guy, he scored and rebounded at LeBron's rate and also put up 10 assists per game for his career. You know, we all know about the season that he averaged a triple-double, but that wasn't even his best season. But here's the thing. His teams weren't that good. He routinely finished under 500. Not like not winning titles. Under 500, year after year after year. He didn't win a title till the very end of his career when he teamed up with Kareem, who was the best player in the world. And at that point, Oscar was, you know, he was a starter, but he wasn't anything special. So... You know, I think it's fine to have Oscar outside the top 10 at 11. I have no problem with that for the reason you did that. But to me, the numbers are so comically ridiculous that, that I have them at 9. I think let's stop for the top 8. Top 8? What do you think? Well, we got to. We, if we mention Bird, we got to mention Magic. All right, let's, number all right, eight let's talk list. Magic. I have Magic at 6. Is Magic? You're going to oh, squeeze wow. me into doing this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so why do you have Magic so much higher than Bird? Let's hear. They played the exact length careers. Yeah. Uh, Magic played... 
you know, and obviously Magic was shortened due to HIV, not due to injury. Does that affect his ranking on your list? <laughs> what, so what, what's your reason? Why do you have Magic much higher than Bird? I mean, I am sli- I'm slightly regretting my Magic rank. Magic has this interesting career where he never has a bad season in his whole career, right? And part of that is, of course, because even when he comes back at 36, you know, he's pretty competent. Oh, when he was a power forward for 30 games? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm saying there's yeah, no okay. black mark on his career, which, so if you're really just, uh, you know, you're going cumulative, where if you're just, he gets hurt in his second season. Obviously, his rookie season is incredible. He gets hurt in his second season. And then he throws off a string of 10 straight, well above all-star seasons. You know, interestingly, like we're talking about Carl Malone having uh, three 16 win share seasons, and Magic only has two. And I think part, you know, part of it is because I don't know how much defensive win shares uh, go to a shooting guard, and, and then you know, Magic's a point guard. Um, well, so, okay, so a couple things there. First of all, Magic was a liability defensively, which is actually an argument to put him lower than than. Well, that's not what the stats him. say. I don't know. What, where are you getting that? Everybody who watched him play says that. I mean, you read any article at the time. He, and it's weird for a guy who was 6'9 at the point, but he was slow. He was a bad defensive player. He wasn't as bad as, like, Barkley, but he was a bad defensive player. Uh-huh. You love to talk about Kawhi Leonard. Anybody who watches basketball knows a perimeter defender, the best perimeter defender in the world, is not as helpful to his team as a slightly above average interior well, I don't, I don't agree with right? that insane hot take, but I, I everyone knows what you're saying. A perimeter defender, like a, the best thing he can do, if he's the best guy in the world, if he's Kawhi Leonard, he can completely shut down a superstar on mm-hmm. the other team. When you have a KG or a Duncan, that sets up your entire team's defense. You're going to have a top 10 defense even if you put out four guys who don't play defense at all. Yeah. That, that's the whole team's defense is funneled to to you know push the ball towards that guy who's going to completely shut him down. So, um, but look, Magic and Bird were about the same size, but Bird was a three-time second-team All Defense, which isn't amazing, but it's better. Obviously, Magic never got any All Defense votes. Look, and I, I do have Magic two spots higher than Bird, also, but I'm just but you have a little bit of a bigger gap between them. To me, and to answer your question, you said, "Oh, do I judge the HIV thing?" I do, kind of. To me, when a guy breaks down due to injury. To me, it's like, well, that was part of the problem with him. He was a little bit injury prone. But when a guy has something sort of in out of left field thing, such as, you know, Kirby Puckett, obviously, or Magic with his HIV, to me, I almost give an exception for that, sort of like I do with military service with Ted Williams, for example, because it's like, that wasn't even like, that's not what part of their game was they were injury prone. That was just like a freak thing that happened. And it's kind of unfair, I feel like, to, like if Magic doesn't get HIV, he plays another four or five years. He shoots up up this list. So I almost give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, which I don't give Bird. Does that make sense at yes, all? Yes, that makes sense. Okay. All right. And look, we're just picking it. So the top ten you're picking it. These are all great guys. Yeah. I, there's no scenario where Bird's career get is elongated, where there are scenarios where Magic's is. Yeah. That makes exa- sense. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're really right, uh, s- treading in, in uh, muddy waters there, but I hear you. Uh, <laughs> don't say it. Okay. Don't say anything. Just keep going. <laughs> I, I, I don't need, all right, number seven, uh, Timothy Duncan. Timmy. I love him so much. I feel like there's so many weird stories about Duncan that never came out because nothing leaks. The Spurs beat writers. It's funny because, like, you know, I follow the Mets beat writers, and Adam Rubin is, like, not everyone loves him, but, like, he really works hard, and he's so great, and he gets all the information, and he follows the Mets minor league, you know, like, as, as you know, as if it's his job. And the Jets have beat writers. Most of them are bad, but, like, they make an effort to understand the salary cap and sort of, uh, you know, break news. The Spurs beat writers, like, I don't know if it's just like, you know, they, they, every time they would have a beat writer, they'd get hired to be like, you know, the Yahoo guy. And I feel like now they've just ran out where it's, 
you know, sometimes like a college has like five straight great quarterbacks in their bed. And this is probably boring people, but like they're so bad that there's nothing that ever breaks for the Spurs. They don't freaking understand the salary cap. And then the Spurs only have three big men somehow on their whole team after this free agency. Um, anyway, point being, so like you would hear stories after Duncan retires, like he's obsessed with like in weirdo video games. And I, I, I mean, I knew this already, but like he owns this cannot be profitable like motorcycle merchandise weird store uh and can you imagine like going to a store and like tim duncan is just there selling you like a motorcycle helmet well athletes owning unprofitable car dealerships is i know not but he's unique. it's so weird but it's motorcycle and yeah. like he had this yeah. that like shady divorce that like nothing ever really broke on like if he was in new york you know we'd know everything about it but there's so little we know about it like Sometimes, but that's part of why he wanted to stay in San totally. Antonio. Sometimes think, right? Popovich. I mean, if he goes, if he goes to the Magic in two thousand, by the way, with Grant Hill and T Mac, yeah. you know, it's just it's Magic Lakers every year in the finals in the early yeah. aughts. But they lose to the Lakers, like also, and even like Tony Parker, you know, sleeping with the teammate's wife. That like people <laughs> yeah. know about that, but should be a bigger, much deal. bigger yeah. deal. And the Spurs kept that in house, and you know, it's good for the players and ultimately good for the fans because the players are happy and they want to stay there. But like. We really know so little. Like, sometimes Popovich will say very seriously, like, oh, yeah, like, this guy and this, like, Popovich, uh, you know, Duncan Ginobili, you haven't spoken in 12 years. Like, they'll say, like, totally insane things. And, like, it sounds like there's, like, kernels of truth, but you'll never get a straight answer out of Popovich. All right. So let's talk about Tim Duncan for a second. Uh, can, can I start with some uh, some critiques before I get to the positives? Uh, yeah, he once didn't give charity. Okay, no. So, look, as I discussed both in the KG and the Malone sections, in some ways... Yeah, okay. In, in some ways, Duncan's a little bit overrated. His ceiling mm-hmm. is lower than anyone else, not just in my top 10. It's lower than anyone else in my top 20. What do you mean by that? If you, Well, I'll give you an example. If you look at the greatest seasons in NBA history by PER, efficiency, etc., Duncan doesn't have a single season in the top 85 seasons in NBA history. Here's some list of guys who had better seasons than Duncan. Uh, T-Mac, Dwayne Wade, Amari Stoudemire. Russell Westbrook has had multiple seasons better than Duncan's best. But Duncan has the longevity. He has the defense. And he has the titles. He played 19 seasons. His 1,392 games are topped only by Kareem, KG, and the Malones. He is a top 25 player offensively, without a question. And defensively, I just saw Jack McCollum and SI in the retirement piece. He said that Duncan is the third greatest defensive player of all time. Behind, he had KG2 and Bill Russell 1. I think that Akeem and Robinson should probably be in the conversation there as well. But um, but let's point out, Duncan made more all-defensive first and second teams combined than anybody else in history. He he won four Chester playoff MVPs, which topped only by LeBron, Mike, and Russell and MJ. Yeah, he mentioned that he was going to like, you know, in his trophy case, he was putting them there when he retired. Yeah. Well, hold on. I got this. 17 seasons, he won a Chester All-NBA first, second, or third team, which is the most all-time. 17 years, I have him as one of the top... You know, yeah, can I read his can guys. I read his MVP award uh, rankings? Yeah. Fifth, third, fifth, second. One, he won. Second, fourth. Okay, so now the that's the first eight years of his career. He's one of the five best players. Eighth, yep. fourth, seventh, eleventh, misses two years, and then ends his career on a 14-7-12-12. Yep. Amazing. Although, you know, we're talking about MVP vote shares. He has fewer than Malone and Magic Johnson and and everybody who's above him on this list. Mm-hmm. And us, well, and there's us a reason Robinson. why he's in the right so, spot. 
Yeah, so I'm saying. So, yeah, like those numbers are incredible. But to me, again, the fact that 17 times I had him on an all NBA team, which uh, tied with Kareem also, and Kareem actually had more first teams than, than Duncan did. Guess how much but, uh, money Duncan um, made in his career, by the way. Uh, keep in mind, he's th- uh, 239. And keep in mind, yeah, he threw yeah. away. Yeah. He left a lot of the money. The last on the four table. years. Yeah. He got paid regularly until the final four years, he made 9, 10, 10, and 5, which is absurd. Yeah. Wait, so where do you have Duncan on your list? Uh, so, Duncan on my list is eight. Oh, so I have him higher than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a homer. I'm not like you who has KG yeah. 50 spots higher than he's supposed to be. <laughs> All right. So, but clearly Duncan is the best player of his generation. Clearly better than Kobe, better than, than KG, Dirk, whatever. Unless you're going to argue that the mini, like the Czech, who doesn't really have a generation because he's sort of in between the 90s guys and then the, the aughts guys. Unless you say Shaq's part of that generation. I have Shaq at number six. No one in our lifetimes was as dominant. At his peak, the only players as dominant as Shaq in NBA history are Kareem and Wilt. Mm-hmm. Right, like, like he's seen as a guy who took games off, didn't go a lot all the time, but you know, in those NBA in the playoffs, he would just put up those those bonkers numbers. Also, he played over twelve hundred games, played nineteen seasons, which is more than anybody else in the top ten, other than Kareem and Duncan. So you can't say he like you know, yeah, he didn't he didn't go all out in every regular season game like he could have, but he did play a long time. He averaged twenty four and eleven across over twelve hundred games. His PER is third all time behind MJ and LeBron. Um, I have him winning three MVPs. He only won one, which is insane. And the only reason he only won three is because he missed 20 years of game by playing himself into shape or whatever. Now, you, you can't reward a guy who missed that many games because he was the best player in the game. You know, I, even like when Malone was winning those MVPs in the late 90s, Shaq was better than Malone. Yeah, oh, right? no question. And Shaq, was be- and Shaq was better than Duncan when Duncan was winning, you know, you know, 2 and 3 But um, the fact that he only won one MVP is, is ridiculous. We will, I don't think we'll ever see somebody as physically dominant as Shaq again. No, Whereas of course not. There's never going to be a... Yeah. It's the closest we'll get to understanding what it was like to see Wilt. By the way, you know, you know what's weird at this convention? Melania, like the whole family's there. Melania has been nowhere to be seen. Is she, is she like gone into hiding or shame Yeah, of or course. Something? Yeah, you, she can't be seen. That's what you do when you, when you have this sort of like... And also, Jared Kushner hasn't been there at all. That, to me, is a little bit surprising. Listen, he's got the Observer tour. Have you ever seen a copy of the Observer? No. I've seen, I've seen it online occasionally. Like, but, does it exist? Yeah, all the other, even all the other spouses are there. Copy magazine? I mean, it's really sort of published for their own like vanity. Of course, so it, is. it might not. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get to the top five. Uh, we've made it this far. We're near the end. There's, I mean, there's not that much to say about these guys because you know they're so good and it's such consensus. All right, so give me him. All right, number five, I have Bill Russell. He's harder to rank than just about anyone else on this list. Uh, Simmons, who overrates all Celtics, I said, has him at number two. Everybody else has him as between four and eight. Although I'll, I'll note that Jared Jerome, our listener, had him at number 18, which is ridiculous. Offensively, he was a little bit limited. F- 15 points per game, which is lower than anyone else in my top 50, other than the pure point guard Stockton, Kid, and Nash. His rebounding numbers are incredible, but were matched by Wilt um, and also individual seasons. A lot of other guys did. Um, as I said, you know, back then there was a faster pace, lower shooting percentages. There were tons of boards to go around. His PER, which is really an indictment, is only 18.9. The only guy in my top 30 under 20 is Havlicek, another Celtic. So, you know, the advanced stat's not that favorable to him. I'll note his efficiency, which is a not an advanced stat, really, is second all-time to Wilt, which is really a nod to how many rebounds he was getting. But really, I have him at five because it's a nod to his 11 titles, you know, which is obviously unmatched. His six playoff MVPs, which is how many I give him. You mean Chester playoff MVPs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no such award, uh, and the fact that everyone who saw him play says he's the greatest defensive player of all time, which is where I'll rank him because you know I got to rely on everybody else. So I have Bill Russell at number five, but to me the top four are are locked, and he's locked in at number five. He, or where do you have Bill Russell? <laughs> you know, I went back and forth, but I have Kareem at five, and I, I, oh, 
hating on yeah, Kareem. Yeah, I hate okay. Kareem. Kareem is a ninny, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I, 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 when we get to Russell, I'll get to Russell. You're not going to tell me where you have him? Well, we, we, All right. we can get to him. Okay, so, okay. so now number four, mm-hmm. LeBron James, okay. the king. You know, so as I said, I made my through age 31 list. And the reason I did this because breaking into the top three like seems almost impossible. The top three are just so incredible. And the question really is how deep into his 30s does LeBron go? And also part of the problem is that because he's in the East and because he's no competition in the East – He's going to continue to take regular seasons off. So I don't really think he's going to win any, any more MVPs. Right? Uh, it will be hard to. Again, the Kyrie thing doesn't help him if Kyrie improves a little bit. Uh, he certainly can win one. Well, he's the, best, he's the best player in the world. He could have won the last two, but he has no motivation to try in the regular season so we can go to well, Miami. Well, well here's an interesting question. Let's talk 2016 yeah. or really 2017 for a second. Who, you know, no warrior, I'm sure you agree, is going to win MVP. It's impossible because there's too many good players. No, I, no, I don't agree. Okay, but so you're wrong, and let's keep going. If they win 70-plus games, Kevin Durant is going to be the MVP. I mean, if Curry misses 50 due to injury. No. Okay, once again, who is going to be the MVP? You see, you like to talk about the Chester MVP, which is fine, but the voters don't think like you, except like the two that have Asperger's. And anyway, (laughs) I think that... I think that... um, Hold on. So, so who's your well, who's your prediction right now for the okay, 2016 so, MVP? Okay, so I mean, Kawhi Leonard. Let's talk about it. I, I think Kawhi has a chance. The problem is Lamarcus Aldridge is going to score so many points a game. It may it may hurt him. I, you know, it, it's an interesting question. Is there is there any chance that Russell Westbrook just goes absolutely bananas and they're like third in the West and he wins MVP? Last year, when Durant missed half the season. I had Russell Westbrook sixth on my okay. ballot. The voters him at fourth. But that year, he also missed 15 games due to injury. Mm-hmm. And also, they just barely missed the playoffs. So if he plays a full season... Yeah, they missed the, the playoffs. Three... You, you skipped an important part. <laughs> yeah, well, they were a game out. Yeah, you know? That doesn't matter. If you miss the playoffs, you don't win MVP. Well, whatever. Um, Again, if, these are um, not your rules. You don't get to make the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. What you're... Okay, fine. I understand. What you're... you're saying who's going to actually win the MVP, not who's going to deserve yes, it. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Okay, uh, so let, let's look at the top of the ballot. Kawhi, I had him number two last year, uh, this year, and he was number two with the voters, but he just doesn't score enough. He scores 21 points. His, his traditional number is 21, six, and two. It's not going to impress Mm-mm. anyone. He's, it's going to be very difficult for him. He'd have to get uh, again, into like the 24 to... range, which I don't think he's yeah. ever going to do. They, the Spurs players don't play enough yeah. minutes. Uh, last time the Spurs had a guy scored 24 was like an, over a decade ago. Yeah, um, I have, I, so I had Durant at three last year and Russell Westbrook at four. And, and again, but Durant's team won 55 games. If he's on a team that wins 75 games, I think he'll win. Russell Westbrook, in order, if Russell Westbrook wins 50 something games, I think he can win the MVP. LeBron, again, I just, I think LeBron is going to be in cruise control too much. And who else is there? Like James Harden? No, nope. you know. Anthony Davis with a total turnaround? No, the rest of the team is Paul bad. Paul George? No. Yeah. Cat, too young. Anthony Davis, uh, too young. His team isn't good enough. There's really nobody else out there. So I think I haven't. Well, let's look at the Vegas odds, actually. What are the Vegas odds? I actually have a guy for you. Yeah. Al Horford. <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> he put up 12 points a game. Uh, what if he comes in and is just like a dominant defensive presence and comes back, scoring comes back closer to 20? What's he going to score? 20 points a game at the most? Yeah. I mean, his numbers that? were really bad last year. Houston was the number one seed in 2015, mm-hmm. right? And Al Horford played the whole season. He had eight win shares. You mean Atlanta? He you said 15... Houston. Do you mean Atlanta? Excuse me. Sorry, Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they won 60 games. They were the one seed. They won, you know, they won more than Cleveland, obviously, by far. They, easy... they were easily the best team in the conference. And Al Horford didn't even get a single vote. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, none of the Atlanta guys got a single vote in the actual ballot. Now, on my ballot, I have a number 15. So, no, there's no chance that Horford's going to be the MVP. Good to know. All right, here's the 2017 NBA MVP odds. You mm-hmm. ready? Let's do it. We have to place an imaginary bet right now. Steph Curry, number one. Russell Westbrook, number two. I'd like to short, LeBron, I'd like to short Steph Curry's MVP odds. That's absurd. Yeah, there's, there's no chance. Kevin Durant's going to I mean, he'd have to tear his ACL in December, for, and then Curry could easily win the MVP. LeBron James, let's, number let's three. Look. Okay, I don't, I don't yeah. root for people. He's in, he's get, yeah, he's going to be in cruise control. Uh, Kevin Durant, number four. No, not happening. Same thing. Curry has to get hurt. See, I disagree. Ant- Anthony Davis, number five. James Harden, number six. Kawhi Leonard, number seven. Th- His odds are way too yeah, low. Yeah, you could bet on Davis and then see him. Kawhi's a good You could see Davis for two games and be like, oh, shoot. Like, he should have been the favorite because he was essentially, like, the favorite last year. The problem is that yeah, what, but he, yeah, still, what, he still finished fifth. What is his? He, he, his team's so bad. So bad. Yeah. Paul George, Blake Griffin, Dame Leonard, Boogie, Kyrie, Carmelo. Chris Lillard Ball. isn't. I mean, Lillard's the type of guy who, like, an amazing season, he can finish third or fourth. I don't think he could win. Yeah. But that's not, the, like, the most crazy thing. I mean, Damian Lillard's not winning the MVP. But that's not the craziest thing John, I've ever heard. John Wall no. has the same odds as, as Carl Anthony. No. Uh, John Wall's um, not winning the MVP. But Andrew Wiggins. What the hell is he doing on this list? No, maybe it can. Kevin no, Lillard. well, they give a separate award to the Canadian MVP, so. Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons are at plus thirty. I mean, Ben Simmons has a better yeah. chance just because of the unknown than some of the guys you mentioned. Like some of the guys yeah, you know, we I, know we're not going to win it. Honestly, I'm betting. Uh, to me, it's either Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant. All right. Well, to me, those are the two. Well, favorites. let's bet on Russ then, with Kawhi as my backup because Durant is not winning it. And you're betting on Curry getting injured. No, I disagree. You're, be- you're what betting. What is on Durant going? Give 75- me a scenario where Durant okay, wins the I'll MVP. I'll give you the scenario. I'll give you a scenario. And I understand. The they Warriors, go 74 and 8. They the, break the record. Fine. Yeah, okay. They go 74 they go 74 okay. and 8 and Durant puts up his typical numbers. That's not right? winning the MVP. Durant would have to go more bananas. He'd have to like shoot 60% from 3 or something. Hold on. He put up 28 8 and 5. Okay, last that's year. great. 28 that's 8 amazing. and 5. That's amazing. But now Curry He won 55 what's Curry games? putting his up numbers? in your scenario. They're splitting the vote. Okay, so Curry not this year, but last year when he won the MVP over Harden in a very very close vote, mm-hmm. right? He put up 23, 4, and 7. I think Curry goes back to 23, 4, and 7. He scored 30 a game this year. So I think Curry goes back to 23. I think Durant's numbers stay at 28. I think if, if Durant is 28, 8, and 5 for a team with 75 wins, mm-hmm. he's going to win MVP. Uh, no. Uh, the, unless, unless Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double on that team wins 50 games. I, but even then, it's, the voters love to give it to the best player on the best team. That's the other thing. They love to do that. Go through history. It's almost always the case. Well, then Kawhi's going to win it. <laughs> um, and look, that's why I had Kawhi number two on my ballot. And that's why the voters did also, because the Spurs were the second best team, and he was the best player on the second best yeah, team. I'm not, listen, I'm not really bullish on the Spurs until they add more than... Their third big man right now is Dwayne Dedman, and their fourth big man does not exist. They have three bigs yeah. on their team. It's kind of crazy. Very, very, very odd lineup yeah. right now they have. All right, so yeah, so LeBron... So anyway, so I want LeBron to keep going all out, but in order for that to happen... The East has to become much more competitive. LeBron has to have a reason to try in the regular season. Because, look, he'll, he'll, he can rack up championships. Right now, he still has a pretty clear-cut path to the NBA Finals every year. And then once you get to the Finals, in the worst-case scenario, you have like a 1-3 shot of winning. But in order to be an all-time great, you got to add a couple more MVPs. And, you know, I, have, I give LeBron five Chester MVPs so far, okay. right? But the guys ahead of him have 7, 8, and 11. That's a lot. So, Yeah. All right, so so now let's so let, so you, who do you have at number four? Is that where you have LeBron also? Uh, no, no, I oh. went one higher with LeBron. I went Wilt four, LeBron okay. three, Russell two. Okay, so 
Okay. All right. So, oh my God. Wait, Bill Russell too? Okay. So you're another uh, Bill Simmons then. Because nobody else has, you know, again, he's between four and eight on most okay. lists. Except for I Bill forgot Simmons I wasn't, I had to put him within your parameters. I, I keep for next list. Yeah. So. People want us to do okay, baseball so, next. And I, we're not going to get to that before football season, right? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I have that list, but yeah, it's not coming in the next week. And football's coming very shortly. So. And this, but that also so means we probably the, won't do it till like March or something. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's on, it's on the to-do list. All right, so Kareem and Wilt, you have them below Bill Russell and LeBron James. To me, you know, again, those are the two most dominant players in NBA history. So let's start with Kareem. I have Kareem at number three on my list. First of all, Kareem played 20 seasons, the second greatest old man ever behind Malone. He, he, he has a very strong armor for best of all time. Uh, but He has both the length and he has the peak. Length. He's second all-time in games, third all-time in rebounds and blocks, first all-time in scoring, first all-time by a mile in win Mm -hmm. shares. He won 11 Chester MVPs. 11. Okay? Now, he only won six in real life. What a number. The only reason... No, but no, but because, hold on, because this is the point. Voters get voter fatigue. Same thing happened with MJ. It's boring to vote for MJ every year. I'm going to give it to somebody else. You couldn't give Kareem the MVP every single year in the 70s because it was boring, so they didn't. But he was the best player for every single year in the 70s, starting with his rookie season. I give him 11 Chester MVPs, by far the most all-time. Okay? No one else is even close to that. He has 119 Chester MVP points. No one else cracks out 100. He won six official MVPs, which is still the most all-time. He won six titles, more than anybody other than those 60 Celtics. He had, uh, he had 17 seasons where he was all NBA, which is you know tied with Duncan. 11 first teams, which is tied with Jerry West and only one behind Carl Malone. So he had the longest and best peak with all those MVPs, the longest career overall. He made 11 all-defensive teams, which is behind only KG, Duncan, and Kobe. So to me, he was so dominant and he played for so long. It's crazy to put him ahead behind Bill Russell just because, what, Bill Russell won more titles? Remember, Bill Russell won 11 titles. There were 10 teams in the league. True. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's very different. Uh, you know, I read um, somebody who's a big Spurs fan was arguing that Duncan winning five titles is more impressive than Russell winning 11. Because, again, Duncan won five in a 30-team yep. league versus, you know, Bill Russell. To be fair, I believe there was 29 for the first couple because the Bobcats weren't there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and Russell had 12 at the end. But so that's – so to me, um, Kareem has a very strong argument to be uh, greatest of all time. The reason I have him third is because his dominance was a tad less than Wilt's. Wilt's dominance was like so comical. So I have Kareem third, and I think that you're doing him a disservice. And no list I've ever seen has him outside the top three other than uh, you and Slam Magazine, who has him seventh. But everybody else has him at a two Slam or Slam Magazine, they're known for their taste. Yeah. What, what do you hate about Kareem? Why do you have him outside your top three? So here's the thing. I've, I have his best season as better than Wilt's, but then I have... You know, Wilt's second best season better than Kareem's, and, and, and third best season better, and fourth best season better. And so, yeah, it's nice that Wilt played and sucked in his worst season and was mediocre in his three others and was, you know, a borderline all-star in about six other seasons. But why is he being, you know, like, I mean, Chamberlain played 14 years. I'm not sure why we're rewarding Kareem for, like, the, you know, being the fourth best starter on a team for so long. Like, his he wasn't, what are you talking, he was the best starter every single year of his career, including the early years on the Lakers. Okay, so first, let, let's start at the 70s. So he's let's way better your... on the Bucks, first of all. By the time he gets to the Lakers, like... Hold on, hold on. L- let's, let's go year by year MVP thing like you do for some of these other guys. Kareem, we're starting with his rookie season, okay? Are you ready? But these are your MVPs or this is the actual vote? This is my MVPs. Oh, because I don't trust the 1970s voters too much. Okay, good. Okay, so here's mine. Start in 1970. One, 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 one. I mean, the league was one. garbage. Keep that in mind. 
One 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 one. Okay, nineteen seventy five. I have pre Magic Larian okay, and Bird, and there's nobody 19, left that's good. Nineteen seventy five. I have him at four because he missed seventeen games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back to seventy five. One or or, or seventy six. Excuse me. One, one, one. By the way, he's on the Lakers for all these years. One, one. That's in Magic's rookie year. He's still number one. Mm-hmm. One in eighty one. Okay. When when when, uh, when um Dr. J won it. Mm-hmm. So all the way up to 1981, I have him winning every title, every MVP, 11 of the first 12 years of his career, I have him winning the MVP. Now we get to 82. I have him 5, 5, 9, 4, 5. Okay, so all the way through 86, he was a little bit behind Magic, but he was the second best player on his team, okay? Mm-hmm. And, then you get to, and then by 87, 88, he was third best player on his team. But, so that was 17 years where he was a top five MVP candidate. 11 years where he was the number one MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So it's not just, oh, he stuck around for a long time doing nothing. He stuck around for a long time being very, very good. Even at age 40, he was very good. He was better than Duncan at that age. Uh, at age 40, he was better than Duncan. I mean, was he the number one defensive player in the NBA? Probably not, but okay. <laughs> All right, listen, you've sold me on Kareem uh, being decent. Okay, good. All right, Wilt, I have at number two. First of all, his career numbers, career, for his career, not a season, career, 30, 23, and 4. But those, are, those numbers are so good that they're stupid. Like, they, they're almost meaningless. No other player other than Wilt has ever had a season with those numbers, and he did it for a career. You're getting very excited. Okay. His efficiency per game, 41 and a half. No one else is higher than 31. His win shares is easily second to Kareem, despite playing only two-thirds as long. The 12 best seasons of all time, six of them are Wilt's, and then, so half of the 12 best seasons of all time are Wilt's, and then I got three Kareem's and Oscar and MJ and a Mike and... In 1967, he puts up 24, 24, and 8. Leads the league in assists, okay? With 24 points, 24 rebounds a game. All right? Mm-hmm. 1963, he puts up 45 points, 24 rebounds per game. And then 1962, he has my favorite. And, and, and him, 63 and 62, are the greatest two seasons in NBA history. So it's funny that you have um, Kareem Heyer. 1962, he puts up what I call the Kennedy Washington. 50 points, 25 rebounds a game. <laughs> He also averaged more than 48 minutes per game, which means he played entire games plus OT with the shitty travel and everything else. Mm-hmm. Nobody in NBA history was as dominant in their prime as Wilt. You know, he only won two titles, so you give him a slight demerit for that, but I give him four playoff MVPs. He ran into Warsaw Celtics every single year in the East Finals. But I will, look, I only give him four playoff MVPs, and, I, and I'm happy to give a playoff MVP to a guy who doesn't win the title. I've done it to LeBron before. I did it to KG in 04. I do it to Wilt. I do it to MJ. So the fact that he only won four is a slight demerit because it's fewer than MJ and LeBron and Russell and Mike and, and et cetera. Duncan mm-hmm. and Magic also have four. So his career wasn't as long. Again, he only played 1,000 games. But he was so, 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 so dominant. All right. So now, you know, getting to number one, it, like, is there any argument for – Jordan not being one because Jordan has 11 seasons in the NBA, right? Yeah. He, he plays 15 seasons, but, of course, he gets hurt in his second year. That's a waste. Games, yeah. The uh, 95, he, he plays. He comes back and, and yeah. plays 17, and those are more relevant games, but we, you can't give him credit for that season. Yeah. And, and then, then he, the Washington, he's bad on yeah. the he, he was yeah. good for an old man, but he's bad on Washington. Yeah, agreed. So he's, here's the thing. I think that the argument between Jordan, Chamberlain, and Kareem is very, very close. I think there are many arguments, and I just gave them. Wilt was the most dominant player of all time. Career was, Kareem was the second most dominant player of all time and is number one all time in every stat, in win shares, in points, in MVPs, etc. So to me, there's a strong argument for both of them. The reason, and you like to call me a sheep, and in this case I am, the reason I have MJ number one is because can I read you his rankings across every other ranking that I've seen? 
One, 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 one. Complete consensus. Also your favorite character on Game of Thrones. Yes, one, one, exactly. Uh, but um, can I read you uh, Michael Jordan's playoff points per game? Yes. 29, 43, that's three games, but still, 35, 36, 34, 36, 31, 34, 35, 31, 30, 31, 32. He never goes below 30 points, seven points per game in the playoffs. And it wasn't like he was Kobe-style chucking because he shot 48% from the floor, even though he was not a great three-point shooter. So he was over 50% from two, hit almost 83% of his free throws, and, and th- you know threw in two steals, six assists, and six and a half rebounds. Yeah, and I always like to say I don't care about like off-the-court stuff, but we have to acknowledge how he changed the game. Like He made it explode in popularity globally. You know, he was dominant from the wing, whereas all the other goats are like, you know, big men. So you do have to take that into account. He won titles in six straight years in a 28-team league. That's yeah. much more impressive than what Russell did. Well, why, why doesn't, you know, he already played 17 games by the playoffs in, ni- in uh, 95, so why do we not count that? I mean, it's not a full season. I, I, he was there. He had, he had a lot of rest. Do you, th- do you think if MJ plays that whole season that the Rockets beat the Magic in the NBA Finals that year? Come on, really? Consi- considering that the Bulls won 91, 92, 93, 96, 97, 98, he came back randomly with a fax in, in March. The um, bottom line is this. I can't believe you tricked me into doing this whole podcast. Yeah. When, Michael Jordan, in the when Michael Jordan w- was on your team, nobody else was winning. Okay, and his team only had two other Hall of Fame caliber guys. I don't know. Tell that to the Wizards fans. He uh, <laughs> he also uh, he has the highest per ever. He slightly edges LeBron, but LeBron's decline is coming. Obviously, uh, now LeBron Jordan also he had no decline because he retired relatively early. But as you said, he only played eleven full seasons. But he you know eleven times a All NBA first team, the greatest defensive guard ever, greatest competitor ever, all time leading postseason scorer, as you said. He edges past Wilt for career uh, points per game by five one-hundredths of a, of a point. Do you know we got MVP but, votes in the season he came back? <laughs> 16 well, that's why, voters are, that's why voters are dumb. But the, the Chester MVP, which is what matters, he has seven Chester MVPs, which is third all-time behind uh, Wilt and Kareem. 87 points, which is third all-time behind Wilt and Kareem. I give him eight playoff MVPs, the six titles, plus two more years when, when the Pistons actually won titles. That's more than anybody else. Those eight playoff MVPs are more than anyone else. He played in a really, really deep league and absolutely dominated it. Like, other than Elgin Baylor, the list of greatest players to never win a title is basically the who played during Jordan's era list. Malone, Stockton, Barkley, Ewing, and then Robinson, you know, until MJ retired and Duncan arrived. MJ just ruined everyone else's careers. So, if, if you want to say Wilt or Kareem, I'll accept the argument, but everybody has Jordan number one. And so, you know, this is one of those things where if you want to say that Jordan's not the greatest player of all time, that's fine. But just acknowledge the fact that you're on an island. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I want from people. And, and also, like, like versus LeBron versus Jordan. I like LeBron. First of all, I always hated Jordan. I hated Jordan. I rooted against him every step of his career. I always hated him. I still hate him. I think he was a terrible teammate. And, and then also, when people, like, try and do Jordan-Kobe comparisons, it's so insane, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan was the best player. Jordan won a title every year. And, and, and he won an MVP every year, or should have. Mm-hmm. So he, he's by far. So, you know, whatever. It, his career shorter. If you want to argue Kareem or Wilt, that's fine. But um, if you want to argue LeBron even, that's fine. But just acknowledge the fact that you're on an island. The consensus is that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, no one's arguing here. Not such a hot take. If LeBron wins another five MVPs, then he gets into the conversation. He needs five MVPs or MVP caliber seasons. 
Well, so but there's a step. So how do you define an MVP caliber season? The last two years, where I have like LeBron fifth on my ballot. Is that an MVP caliber season? To me, there's a big drop off between one and five. This podcast has gone over an hour. All right. Jeez. <laughs> I tricked you. Uh, you nice. did. I think next week, maybe we take next week off and we come back in two weeks for football. Well, what about the Olympics? So hold on. If anybody's listening, uh, a couple things. First of all, we have to ask for reviews again. We haven't got iTunes reviews in a little bit. We got one in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. No, the Olympics aren't for 15 days. So we're... Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so we want some reviews. The Olympics pool, we, you, we, we did mention it randomly last week. Uh, here's the URL. It's nice and easy to remember. Tinyurl.com slash Olympics pool. That's it. Go sign up. Uh, we'll discuss it more in detail probably next week, right? Or maybe the week after. Uh, yeah, at but, some yeah. point before we come on. Yeah, but it's, it's tinyurl.com slash olympicspool. Go to that. You'll see the information. tinyurl.com slash olympicspool in case you're still listening. Uh, give us an iTunes review if you haven't done it yet. We will read it on the podcast, even if it's bad, even if it's one star. Although, don't be a troll. Uh, we have enough trolls in this country, I say, as I watch uh, RNC highlights on the TV in the background. Anything else, Akiva? Nah. I hate you. That's my new catchphrase. I hate you. <laughs> Bye. It's really apropos for the uh, political season that we're in. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.